I'm wondering if the most common mistake we make in our faith is treating our relationship with God the way we treat most of our other relationships and commitments, our relationships with our family, with our work colleagues, with our friends, with our communities. More often than not, it seems to me we approach these relationships from a transactional perspective. We interact with people in a transactional way. Every obligation we know, every commitment has costs and benefits. We may love our spouse and our kids and our job and our country and our church and our communities, but at the same time, at some deep level, we also know our relationships with them are, in a way, conditional. The more we give to others, to them, the more we get back in return. And if we don't invest in a relationship or an institution, it begins to diminish in terms of returns for us. And so it seems to me we spend an awful lot of time, most of our life actually, trying to find just the right balance between all our competing commitments, trying to give some of our time here and some of our money here and some of our attention over there, looking for the most efficient use of our limited resources so we can maximize our gains and minimize our losses. And this strategy makes some sense, even if it is absolutely exhausting, because it's logical, it's practical, and it gives us some semblance of control, and we love control. The problem is we take this transactional way of interacting with others, which I don't think in the end actually brings us much joy, we take this transactional relationship and we transfer it onto our relationship with God. We treat God like one more obligation, one more requirement, one more commitment we have to fulfill. When we see God that way, when we interact with God that way, we fail to see, understand, and intuit God's deep and abiding love for us. You see, God doesn't want a transaction with you. God wants a relationship with you. God doesn't want to barter with you or trade with you or make some exchange with you. What God wants is you, and not just part of you, all of you. God wants all of your resources, all of your time, all of your passion, all of your energy, all of your attention. God wants all of it. All of it belongs to God. But here's the catch. God wants all of it, I think, so God can give it back. Mark was standing on a subway platform during rush hour when he saw this man working the crowd at the other end of the platform. The man would stop in front of each person on the platform, look them in the eye, say something to them, and then move on to the next person. It turns out what this guy was saying to each person was something to the effect of whether that person could stay or go, whether they were in or out. He would look at each person, look him in the eye, pause, consider for a moment, and then say, you, you're out, you're gone. You, you're good, you can stay. Each person on the platform got the same judgment, the same moment. And as Mark watched the scene unfold, he started to realize, surprisingly so, that he was starting to feel nervous as this man worked his way toward him. Would he be chosen? Would he make the cut? He felt afraid that he might not. Now, the man finally reached a small group of people at the end of the platform that Mark was standing with. He quickly dismissed the 50-ish woman in a business suit. She was out. A guy in baggy shorts and a bull's jersey, he made the cut. 
a young immigrant mother who didn't seem to appreciate the importance of this moment. She was also given the thumbs up. She was okay. And then the guy got to Mark. And he stood there and he looked at him for a long time, tilted his head and said, you, you're okay. You're in. And he walked on. Mark writes later how surprised and how good he felt to be accepted by a complete stranger who knew nothing about him and for which he had done nothing. He describes the feeling as euphoric. He hadn't felt that good, that valued, that accepted in years. When you give it all to God, when you entrust God with your life, with your resources, with your relationships, with your work, with your passion, I think you acknowledge to yourself and to other people that you belong to God, that God loves you before you say or do or change or give or offer anything. Giving to God your entire life and not just the parts you think God wants or you want God to see, giving it all to God, in my opinion, opens the door to a world where you know you are loved as you are right in that moment. And once you learn to live in that world, which might be the lifelong process we're in, learning to accept that as we are, God loves us, once we begin to live in that world, something happens. All those burdens all those commitments, all those relationships, all those obligations that tug at you, that ask for your support, for your time, for your passion, for your money, all those things become slowly transformed from obligations to opportunities. For once we surrender it all to God, we can share all of it, all of ourselves with other people, all of our time, attention, and energy, and passion freely, Without coercion or conditions, we stop having transactions with all the people in our lives, and we just love them as we have been loved. Give to the emperor the things of the emperors. Do that. But give to God what is God's. So you can share all of it, all that you've been given with others, not out of some obligation or to assuage some existential guilt you feel or to buy some sense of worthiness. Give it all to God so you can give and serve and love others with a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of joy.